0: I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip-hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip-hop statistics to highlight the bigger
1: picture. And I'm director of The Fifth Element. I highlight 5th hip-hop, which is knowledge regulators. <laughs> oh, no. let the tickets. <laughs>
0: I was gonna, I was wondering Bro, where you were. Is that cover
1: is that, that. Not, is that like one of those like top top ten like most quotable anything? It's just it's great. It's the whole
0: great. song man, like I, my favourite is um when he glances in the cut and he sees the homie Nate and I was just like man Warren G in that moment was in love with Nate Dog. It's like you're getting robbed, you're like about an angel to angel coming down. And then in the cut there's just there's Nate Dog <laughs> and Warren G just looks at him with the doe eyes and's like, here we go, I'm I'm saved. And Warren G just comes and regulates. That song is just mental. It's just too good.
1: I, I will talk about that song more in depth, obviously, um, later on. But we'll get to that when we get to that.
0: But for now, hi Ben, how's your week been? What have you been listening to this week? Uh, it's been It's been a crazy week, man. So I'm coming off meds at the moment, so I've just not been sleeping and... Today, like everything, itches. Like the palms of my hands itch, which is uh, yeah. it's a, it's a very unpleasant situation to be in. But um, it's good to come off meds. It's it's. There was
1: quite... a um, there was a uh, there was like a I saw like a uh, I was like chanting some people recently, and uh, there was I was like giving them a would you rather, and it was like uh, would you rather be constantly sticky or constantly itchy? <laughs> oh, sticky. I would. I think sticky. <laughs> so since you're itchy right now yeah, would you yeah. Change it up for sticky? if
0: i was sticky maybe i, I, I would prefer it. i don't know they both suck <laughs> that's that's a weird would you rather that's the point um i had a great day yesterday though so that was good uh i listened to quite a bit of music uh naeem startisha was my favorite album of the week holy shit man do i adore this album um so I'm driving on Friday and I was pretty frazzled. So I was like, and I, I was a bit lonely. So I'm like, I'm just going to drive to the dam in Sydney that supplies all of Sydney's water. I just wanted to go somewhere that was a far away from home and I could learn something. It was pissing down rain, right? And I'm standing in the rain reading about all the migrant workers who died whilst building this dam. And I'm just sitting there like, I fucking hate this country. I hate the world. I, hate, I hated everything. I was in the worst mood. So getting the car to drive home, and this came up on the Spotify queue, and it blew my fucking mind. The production is godlike. It's just a fully immersive listening experience. Naeem never outstays his welcome on a beat. Like, he ducks in and out of the scattered production, but when he locks in, like on Woo 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 with Amanda Black and Micah James, he just fucking slays. The album just got better and better. Every song, every beat took me on a journey the vocals were, like, otherworldly. His confidence and technique, the crisp, crispness of his enunciation, his tone, his like, it all just really came together on this project. I love this project. I've played it four times back now. I think it's going to be in my top albums of the year. Uh, it's his first album since, oh, man, I think it was 11 years he hasn't dropped an album in. I think it was 11, 2009? so but but it just sounds and it's clearly independent but it just sounds so i don't know man it sounds like a major label release it's just it's a it's a great album i would recommend people Mm. go out there and listen to that joint i send it to charlie um and i don't normally send music to charlie because normally i listen to garbage but this was this (laughs) this was hate man i love that album uh rumor rmr i'm not sure he he hasn't even come out and said how you pronounce his name but uh drug dealing is a lost art Now, this made sense when I saw that he was signed to Warner. Okay, so firstly, the rollout. He had a viral song independently where he was covering Rascal by Rascal Flats with a video that was just incredible. So striking. Bang. Snatched up by a major label, off the rip, of course, because he's marketable. He's a superstar. Then there's like drip-teasing IG pics of him with Mike Dean in the studio drop a track with Future and Little Baby, push the EP back to build hype, and then you get this project. And fuck, does it live up to the hype, man? Like, this is a really, really great project. The uh, I think the first track's one of the best intros of this year. Uh, Westside Gun just comes in and sets the tone, and then RMR's voice is unbelievable. It's like he's Chris Brown mixed with Young Thug, mixed with someone who can genuinely sing. Like can usher sing usher like someone who can fucking really sing. i don't mean auto-tune crooning i mean like old school r&b like a strong voice you know mm. and the production is great uh it's like halting traps some country elements thrown in ah bro this album this this ep he, he he can spit bars and then just he just drops into beautiful harmonies as if he's like rolling out of bed he just rolls into them it's uh, man it's seamless. It's a great project. I I knew this was gonna be good because you could just feel it was gonna be good. It was gonna live up to the hype. And he kept it short. I think it was seven or eight songs. Great project. Definitely go check that out. Uh Sue Surf, MSY I've heard of Sue Surf before, but I've never locked into a full project. Uh this is a mature deep project full of good slaps, uh, genuine, great guest spots. Sue Surf only loses two battles on this, one to Benny the Butcher, which isn't fair because Benny's in God mode at all times. And uh, Dave East, who drops a great verse on Cold Winters, but outside of that, Sue Surf's delivery is great. The emotional angle to his lyrics it matches the insistent production, and uh, just I would recommend that. So it's a really solid project. Uh, Ian Dior, I'm gone. Another artist that I've heard of but not been tuned into. This is a, a very smooth R&B slash hip-hop project. Uh, he's only 21. I had no idea. I thought he must be in his 30s. He sounds like a 10-year veteran. He just snaps. He snaps all over this. The best track is Sick and Tired with MGK and Travis Barker, which is, if you're into guilty indulgences, then listen to that because, yeah, it's a bit <laughs> meh. Like, you know, the track list and it's rock and everything, but it is it is good. And... Uh, yeah, I would recommend listening to that. I don't don't know if I'll go back to it, but it's a smooth listen. Finally, and when I say finally, I I didn't dislike a single project this week. I liked everything I listened to. Key, I Love You Say It Back. This one definitely hit me out of the blue. I expected a generic trap sung project. I've heard plenty of key tracks, but he doesn't usually excel or endear himself to me. You know, those rappers who just kind of put on or that you can hear them on a guest verse and they've got like great industry contacts and you're just like okay you're 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 the sum of your features but on this project his content was brilliant it was really engaging his storytelling is full of emotion and depth and the production is great and there's a bit of fun on here like let's go is a very colorful bouncy beat uh anakin is one of the hardest beats of the year on the right system Good project, would definitely recommend people check it out. So,
1: those were my top albums of the week. What about yours, Charlie? Uh, So, uh, I went off, started off with uh, Super Helpful Kwame, interesting name, Mm -hmm. uh, with Lo-Fi. So, he's actually dropped two projects this week, but I didn't clock the second one just um, for... Whatever reason it dropped like the two days afterwards, and I just didn't even clock. Um, he emailed me by the fifth of my email, so I just thought, why not give it a go? And uh, you know, judging by the name of the album, Lo-Fi, you can imagine what it is. Just uh, you know, quite, I I actually saw um on a tan- on a minor tangent, there was like a someone saying like we should delete just the term Lo-Fi beats because it it doesn't really mean anything, but we've obviously stuck a a meaning to it. Uh, I, I guess it's just, it goes back to our conversation with labels. It's just the same of yeah. that, uh, to be honest. So it's just how, what, what is conscious rap? You know, I mean, what is lo-fi? It's just, it's just hip-hop beats. It's and it just sounds a, a big, label, you know, yeah. yeah. yeah just, it just sounds a, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's, it's an okay project. It only uh, goes for like 15 minutes, um, so very short. Uh, but the other one uh, goes for another 15 minutes. So if you want to combine both, then you know it's a good half an hour of content. But uh, yeah, for what it is... Um, there's there's times where I feel where he like finds a pocket right. It's it's so it's 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 frustrating because I'm just like there's a couple of songs in there and you know mind you it's only fifteen minutes so I feel like there should be you know no there should be no duds here right you have fifteen minutes you have to you have to go right. There's sometimes where like he finds a pocket and he just gets in there and he finds a he finds a little head of steam and i'm like okay all right all right keep going keep going keep going you know what i mean it's just like you know you're just trying to go do money like come on come on come on and then like the next track it just it, it just slows down again it's it's very roller coastery and not in a good way in terms of just like tempo and i feel like it, it you just need to find a level on that front maybe the next album uh that i'll probably try and peep during uh, during this week uh, will be a little bit different, or just more of the same, whatever. Um, but, yeah, you know, for what it is, for the fact that it's 15 minutes, I'm a little bit underwhelmed by it, but um, there's some potential there. There is some potential there, so uh, shout to him and also uh, DJ Wally Wonder with the beats on that one. Uh, ambush Boswell, asked my brother, Camden's very own, Ambush uh, Ambush Boswell. Um, this is fascinating. This is a fascinating project. Um, Like it's got so much energy, like so much BDE on this, right? And the beats are very like like drill influence, but it's it's firmly UK rap, you know what I mean? But it's got some drill influence in there in terms of beats. It's very thuddy, um, very 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 energetic. Uh, But the the content is very interesting. He, He dips in and out from just like um. Talk about relationships. Um, there is one little interlude where, like, he has a, 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 I guess a friend in prison and he drops a quick at 16. And it's actually good. Um, and uh, yeah, it, 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 goes, it goes all over the place and it, it comes back to certain themes a lot of the time. It kind of just circles between several themes. Um, but yeah, it's a very fascinating record. Um, it's the first time I listened to Ambush, or oh, A and B, as he says. Um, there is one track. There is one track that I just have to hit live, to be completely honest. Um, I'm gonna, let me see if I can find that out right quick. But boy, is it a fucking heater! It's absolute freaking heater, boy. Winners, winners, featuring c and H Money. My gosh, oh, so much heat, so much heat. That's a definite. Uh, that's a definite. You gotta listen to live kind of kind of track. Um, Jay Prince, uh, Prayers and Solutions EP. No glue. Little quicker, uh, it's three tracks, but it's technically two tracks because the first one's just him talking. Um, but you can take what you want from that. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, um, you know, if you know Jay Prince, um, I, I, I kind of reference him in a kind of uh Drake like five years ago kind of lane, but not. He's not trying to be Drake, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that, but it's kind of the vibe I get sometimes with him. Um, but it's you know it's it, it, it's very on the fence in terms of that hip hop R and B kind of thing. Um, but uh, he he does it well for what it is, and um, uh, he, he does he does well on that. But uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's quick two tracks, and you know, and one way is just uh, talking like I said. But uh, yeah, if you if you rate Jay Prince, you rate Jay Prince, and uh, that's that's all you're gonna get. Uh, Chloe and Helly, godly Hour. Mm, how was that? I love that? these girls, man. I love Part these girls, man. People have been pitching me girls.
0: that. I haven't listened yet. I,
1: I love these girls, man. They're great. They're, they're so great. Like the, the 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 thing the thing that uh, that kind of blew me out the water, so to speak, in terms of this particular project. Because I listened to their previous um, project as well when it came out, The Kids Alright, and the differences between that and this is so. It's a very wide gap. Um, in, just in terms of maturity and what they talk about and just general content, it, they've really just matured and upgraded and just started to, you know, just uh, talk about some real shit, so to speak, right? Um, but, bro, like, the fact that they produce some of these tracks as well, um, I don't know the stats on it, but but I see Chloe and Hallie, or even Chloe uh, herself, on just, like, some tracks and uh, you know they always have like uh, i think boy wonder does one michael madas does one as well uh but mate the the highlights are the highlights are just them two all the time their harmony is absolutely perfection um and the production is solid <laughs> i can't hate this i can't hate I this check it out. like the fact that they do most like pretty much like, like say about 75 of the album 75% of the album themselves is you know something that i don't see many um don't really want to call them, R&B, pop, uh, you know, leaning uh, vocalists do. And, you know, I have to give them credit on that. So shout out to Chloe and Halley. Oh, God, yeah, it's a solid album. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Dua Saleh, Rosetta EP. Um, This is very, uh, very, very erratic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is is, is, is very erratic. Um, I listened to Dua Saleh I think think last year or two years ago. Uh, She dropped another EP and um, uh, I found that kind of interesting. This is just more of the same. It's very erratic. Uh, it's very, it um, uh, it it just goes from, it it goes all over the place. But in, but this time in a good way. Um, I mentioned the I mentioned the bend. This project and also this gives big Yeezus by- vibes because, she she you know she does that thing where it's like, <laughs> talking like this all the time and like really close to the mic and <laughs> you know what I mean, just very grisly. Industrial, yeah. It's kind of, but it kind of hits, it kind of hits. Um, I feel like it, it's worth listening to several times just to understand what she's talking about because um, the themes and just uh, what she says is very, like, every time I just um, tune in and out because I'm half-tuned into the production and how crazy that is, and then she's like, oh, wait, she's talking about saying and then, and then she's talking about something else. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'm confused. Uh, but it, it is what it is. It, it, I think it's definitely worth a couple of listens, so for sure. And last and eat Naeem, that's Um <laughs> So, yeah, I was just so surprised at Ben Sevi, this to be honest. I didn't realize this is in Ben Sebi at all. Get, I was just I like, okay. I didn't
0: understand that because you know, I listen to pretty much everything and I love I know so you listen to everything. Music, I just like... didn't
1: really, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I just didn't, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Well, I, okay, I, know I know you listen to everything. I was just like, I just didn't expect you to send me this kind of pro- kind of project. So I, just, I, was just a I, I was just surprised. I was just surprised. Is what it's. But um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's a clean. It's a like like you said. It's very clean. Um, mm. It's 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 so it's polished, but in a very good way. I, I know some people see you know the term polished, and some people give that negative connotations. But it's super clean on this front. Um, there is no there is no misses on here. It's an absolute trip. Um, it just it just takes you on a journey, like uh, Ben said, in a way. And um, I feel like it's one of those albums that get better and better after every track. Mm, I feel yeah, like, actually, yeah, yeah. once the features go, um, w- once the features pass, because there are, like, you know, it's very feature-heavy at the first half, but once it gets to the second half, it gets way better for me, personally. Yeah, it gets um, better. I, I just love it <clears> when it's just him and he's just going in. And uh, there's like like I said to you Ben, there's there's a lot of flavors (laughs) sound bites here. I'm getting like um I get like you know some hip hop vibes, I get some R and B vibes, I get some uh I get some fucking French house uh, EDM kind of vibes. There's a ton of flavors on here. It's It's like it's like it's like going into an ice cream parlor and ordering a little bit of everything. Like, just give me a scoop of everything and throw it into a bowl. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. what it's like. Now, I don't know what that kind of shit tastes like because I would not want a mint chocolate, vanilla, banana, uh, salted caramel. <laughs> I wouldn't want that kind of ice cream uh, in, uh, in one bowl. But boy, does it hit. It, it really hits. This It's pretty damn clean uh, on the, on this front. So uh, shout out to Ben for giving this to me because I would not have clocked this <laughs> um, in my life. Shout yeah, out to this, Naeem if you're movie.
0: listening. Shout out to you because you made a fucking great for album and mad respect sure. to you.
1: For sure. I, we hop into our topic of today's. Well, I keep saying today of this particular episode. Uh, oh, Ben, guess what? Like these nerds, all right, let's get it. Um, we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) RNG. Oh, you fucking set me up, (laughs) bro. We're talking about RNG, G G Funk veteran. Um, for me personally, um, in terms of just setting this up, um, G Funk as a sound to me, I don't know why, because as most of you people know, well, and as you can gather. Strictly by my by my voice, I'm not from LA. Um, I was born in the night. I was born in the mid nineties. I have no reason to have such affinity for G funk as a sound, but I do. Every mm. time I listen to any kind of G funk, whether it's Warren G, whether it's Snoop, whether it's mm-hmm. Nate Dogg, whether it's Daz Dillon Joe, <laughs> or anybody else, right in the West Coast. I just have this warm feeling in my heart whenever I listen to some clean G funk production, uh, Dr. Me. Dre as well. How can yeah. I forget about him? Right. Every time I listen to it, I'm just like, oh, I, I I, love it. It just hits me so squarely. Um, and it actually comes to a uh, Lionel challenge, which um, i totally forgot to give to you. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> but, where that was. <laughs> but uh but uh, I literally I literally I, I got I got so sidetracked I was like I need to send this bed but I totally forgot until now. But I'll, I'll tell you and we'll 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 see how it goes. Um but yeah man, there's I have such an affinity for G Funk as a sound. I don't know why but I just do. And obviously as it pertains to Warren G, uh he is a person that in one way I respect because he hasn't Throughout his work and throughout his career, he hasn't gone off it, right? He he's 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 put his t- literally ten toes down and just just rooted right in there, and I respect that kind. I I respect that uh, kind of a uh, mindset because you know it can be it, it's very easy, it's very easy to just you know go chase whatever the new sound is. And you know, you know, he he does it a little bit on on one album, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, but mainly, it's it's just always G Funk. It's always just Warren G talking about what he wants to talk about, and and obviously he, he produces most of his own work as well. So you know, and that's a shout out on that one as well. I just respect the dude. I I just from a, just from a fundamental perspective, I just respect the dude. Um, you know, and uh, we'll get into his music when we get to music. But um, regardless of that, I just respect the fact that he just has stuck to his guns and has just uh, pff, made made what he's made. made what he's made for himself? And uh, you know, uh, I can't. I can't. You can't. You can't hate on that kind of uh, that kind of mindset. So uh, just wanted to just wanted to get out there. Just. Uh, well start it off like that. Well said.
0: Uh ninety four point seven percent he of his own discography tough. is produced himself. So tough. that's that's a, a lot. It's a tough number. Now it's a good number. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna posit a theory here today and I'm gonna back it up. And I wanna say that Warren G is one of the rap the rappers slash producers most forgotten about by history, and that this was brought yep. about by Shook Knight, Dr. Dre and Warren himself. I think they all created a climate in which he could actually be written out of the legacy that I believe he truly deserves. Now, you might be sitting at home thinking, why? And this is exactly why. <laughs> like, he was around, okay? He was instrumental, pun, on, in creating G-Funk. Uh, he was intrinsically linked to three of the biggest hip-hop artists in history, okay? Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Nate Dogg. He's a stepbrother of Dr. Dre. He began learning how to produce from Dre. And he learned how to move in the game by hanging around NWA early. Like, you know, he was in his teens when, and he was just in the studio with NWA all the time. Ice Cube said in an interview, he was just there all the time. Um, he has known Snoop Dogg from elementary school. And they formed the group 213 with Nate Dogg. And Warren G is the man who introduced Snoop to Dr. Dre and actually convinced him to follow through with it okay so the story goes that uh, they weren't on speaking terms at the time uh, Snoop Dogg and Warren G and Warren G turned up to a bachelor party that Dr. Dre was at and played a 213 demo tape Dr. Dre heard it and said this is heat both of you come to the studio on Monday this was when he was working on the chronic and Warren G called Snoop Dogg and said, we're going to the studio with Dr. Dre on Monday. Snoop Dogg told him to fuck off and hung the phone up, okay? Because they weren't on speaking terms. Warren G., great fucking guy, as I'll show repeatedly on this. He's just a great guy, genuinely. Waited, called him back, and said, don't let this opportunity pass. We have to do this. And they did it. And fucking history was made. Dr. Dre said the Chronic wouldn't exist without Snoop Dogg. He was looking for a rapper, and he wouldn't have created The Chronic unless he had Snoop Dogg. So I'll just put that out there. Fucking amazing. Um, there's another story where Snoop Dogg tells how he'd given up on rap. So much so he threw his rhymes in the trash. He, just, he was like, I'm not going to make it. Warren G retrieved them from the trash. Gave them back to him. And told him not to give up and to keep fighting. And Snoop just said, Warren G is pivotal to my success. Like... So anyway, the the guy's just a good dude, and he's just, you know, he was around, Snoop Dogg is one of the most known rappers in in the world, okay, and is Dr. Dre, but Warren G, not so much, but I feel like he should be. Anyway, we know that Dr. Dre is central to the creation of G-Funk, which I still think is heavily involved in West Coast hip-hop, like, you know... If you don't know, well, if you don't know what G Funk is, please go Google it. And I feel like we should probably do an episode on G Funk at some point because I just think God, it's fucking yes. amazing. Yeah. I watched the documentary on YouTube. I think it's it's deserved of a of a of an episode. But I'll just give a little bit of history. A lot of people credit Dr. Dre with creating and popularizing the sound. It was actually above the law who created it. A rap group and they formed in 1989. Uh Cold 187 Um I don't know how to pronounce that name. Apologies. <laughs> Have I fucked out? Do you know how to pronounce that?
1: I mean, to be honest, that's how I uh, how I okay. think of it. It uh, <laughs> is it is, isn't it? One eighty-seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I'm just like I'm just reading it how it's written. Um, DJ, Total Chaos, KMG, the illustrator, are uh, rest in peace, and Go Mac, and I won't go deeply into their roots, um, but Warren G was living with them. Okay, he was there during the creation of the sound. And a lot of people say they were the ones who created G-Funk. And Dr. Dre, mm, you know, maybe in our Dr. Dre episode, we should have talked a little bit more about biting. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I haven't <laughs> gone deeply into that. But um, I wouldn't say he bit it. But yeah, that's a whole... That's the G-Funk episode. And uh, so, yeah, Warren G was experimenting with him. He, cre- he said he was there when the, the, the term was coined. And think about that for a fucking second. Warren G created G-Funk with Above the Law. Okay, he created it. Then he popularized it with Dr. Dre and The Chronic, Doggy Style, and Regulate. So those are three pivotal albums in Mm -hmm. G-Funk history. Absolutely fucking essential albums. Warren G was there the whole time, man. Warren G was there for all of those albums. Uh, I'll get into Warren G's contributions on The Chronic in time. They're very indicative of a very talented human. I want to just explain why I feel like Warren G was left behind. You know, Snoop Dogg, most recognized rapper on the planet, probably aside from Eminem. Dr. Dre, absolute icon, synonymous with hip-hop. And Warren G is... Who? Like, we know him. We know him. Yeah. yeah. But what do you think about that, Charlie? Like, do you think that his legacy should just be on the same level as these guys? Or... Because, I mean... How he he was as talented. He was around. He created. He popularized. Like why why do you feel like he's not spoken in the same terms?
1: There's there's always one. Like there's always that other person that is essential to something, and we just don't give him credit as a as a whole. Mm. It is what it is. Um, it well, while that is unfortunate. Um, I guess, I, I guess the only reason is uh, like maybe maybe I don't know I don't know Warren uh personally obviously but maybe he could have just like uh maybe have just like asked <laughs> simply like to just uh, get more credit or he maybe just fine with you know it says it is there you know all the credits are there um it's just up to you know people like us, and I guess in this particular episode of, you know, doing a retrospective on him, that we give him his flowers in some fashion, and I hope we do that, um, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't know, man, is, is, is how it goes sometimes for some people, like, some people just get lost in, uh, lost in history, and, you know, you, you said the other names, those other names are so large, like you, ha- you, you, you can't, you can't possibly, um, you can't possibly like uh, throw in just a Warren G in there and just and for nobody to just go like wait what mm. <laughs> you know what I mean if we can say we can say you know for the rest of time and to the to the rooftops like you know Warren G did it <laughs> give him his credit we can say all that but. I I think it's just one of those things that people just let be for whatever reason. Um, you know, it it sucks, and you know, personally, I don't hope I'm. I I hope I'm never that that person <laughs> that that is a uh, you know that just gets culturally shafted like that. But um, yeah, man, it it happens. Yeah, it happens. There's behind every behind every tray, there's there's a there's a G. You know, behind every behind every famous person, there's a person that either you know uh, made them who they are or um, helped them in a completely substantial way that we can probably never understand. Um, it is what it is, I guess. Um, it's, it's, it's shit. It's a shame, but um, you know that gives us an opportunity in this fashion to just like say, you guys need to. <laughs> You guys need to recognize Warren G more, all right? This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make you recognize. It's not just regulate. It's much more no. than that. It's well, deeper than
0: that, bro. Let me let me explain some stories because there is some context to all of that, and I think it sets up Warren G's music career really well. Now, Warren G is a fucking good dude. I've watched a lot of interviews with him. I've listened to him on Combat Jack. I've read interviews. I've never gotten any weird energy from him. He's just a chill laid back dude who likes to be behind the scenes now there are some stories where he got fucked over a lot and I don't want this to turn into a bleeding hearts episode over Warren G but you know a lot of the time like I actually felt like crying a few of the times when I was hearing these stories like it was just rough man so let me get into these let me find out where the best one is uh so I feel yeah as I said I feel sorry when I hear his life story because he tells, so he tells of never being prioritized or acknowledged. You know, as Charlie said, it's like maybe he should have asked more. He he's not that kind of guy. Like you Imagine know, he, if he came through with the Eric B. energy, yeah, well, if he had the Eric B. energy, is a different, is a different ball game. You know, it's a completely different ball game. So yeah. that's you're 100% right. Now he feels like he was never really acknowledged as a solo artist by pretty much everyone he worked with, despite putting in a lot of work. During the G-Funk documentary, which is on YouTube, which I had to pay $20 for premium, I thought I was getting the free trial, but obviously I've already used it. I know, I know. (laughs) It was very annoying. But um, he's visibly upset at the way he was treated by Death Row and Dr. Dre. Visibly. He relates a story where Dr. Dre told him not to look for handouts. So Dr. Dre actively said, don't look for anything from us. Go out there and do your own thing. And when you add that to this story, I will tell you in a second, it broke my heart even further. Now, The Chronic, as I said earlier, would not exist if not for Warren G. Dr. Dre actually said in Defiant Ones that he wasn't going to do the solo album until he met Snoop, and then it made sense. Now, Warren G. was part of the death row inmates, which also included Daz, RBX, Corrupt, Nate Dogg, Lady of Rage. These are the people who are not credited properly on The Chronic but did yep. most of the work. You know, Alex Thomas compared Dr. Dre to Quincy Jones and said that Dre basically set forth these death row inmates to realize his chronic vision. You know, he would, this is my vision. This is what I want you to do. Now you go manifest it. Then there's Doggy Style. Daz Dillinger claimed that Warren G contributed substantially to the production of that album, despite Dre taking solo credit. Shug, Shug who actually actively pushed Warren G out of death row, said in 2013 the exact same thing. And Snoop said that Warren G made the beats that Dr. Dre produced. Now it's the same going back to our Eric B and Rakim episode where The Engineer, all this bullshit around. Like nowadays, Warren G would be the co-producer on all these songs. Um, mm. And someone even, I think it was Snoop who said that Daz and Warren G made Ain't No Fun and gave it to Dr. Dre. Not credited as producers. So, yeah. Needless to say, Warren G may have expected some reciprocation. None was given. Now, this story is the one (laughs) that sucked, man. So, there was a Death Row tour and Warren G turned up to LAX, ready to go. You know, he's part of Death Row, okay? He's fucking working on these albums with these people. He's in the studio. He he is... There's no way he's not. He's Death Row inmates. Like, he just doesn't have a contract yet. Snoop didn't have a contract yet at this stage. So there's a tour, Warren G turns up to LAX, was told he didn't receive a plane ticket. Everyone had death row jackets, he had no death row jacket. He said that he used to cry after DJing for Snoop because he was watching Snoop and Nate blow up and he was stuck back in the hood, sleeping on the floor of his sister's house. It was clear that death row and Suge Knight just was not fucking with Warren G for whatever reason. And as Charlie said, he went and struck out on his own And that shit broke my heart, man, because, like, he's a good dude. He was just getting fucked. Fuck Suge Knight. But no, 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 I'm not saying that, okay? Suge Knight, we respect you. Please don't come to my house with goons or anything like that. But, like, it um, it just made me really sad. And I think that made his whole music career after that way more fucking important to me. Because he went and got the Def Jam deal. He went out and created Indo Smoke, which was on the Poetic Justice soundtrack. Off the strength of that, he worked with Tupac, who called him and said, "Can you come to the studio and write some songs for me?" And uh, Warren G hung the phone up on him and said, "This is not Tupac. <laughs> Fuck off." But it was. So he called him back. So, and then off the strength of that, the bidding war ensued. He signed with Def Jam. And then we get to his first album. And how fucking crazy of a story is that? This is a man who was just like forgotten about by everyone around him, the people he collaborated with for years. And he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go make my version of G-Funk and it's going to sell fucking three million copies and go ballistic by himself. So, Charlie, I'd like you to speak on that album first. It's It's a classic, man. Like, it's a classic.
1: Bro, that's a film. (laughs) I'm <laughs> sorry, that story? that's a film That story? That story is the... a film, man I know, that's it's wild, film. right? It's wild
0: Like, what a fucking a journey To get to that f- Just to get to his first album That's a journey Shit man.
1: That is a film Just man. imagine that, right? So, like, just last scene It's just like What are you gonna name it? Regulate Oh, and it. then the
0: song starts playing Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> There you go
1: Yes You see that vision? See? All this right. is why Charlie's right, right, the fucking
0: that. The writer <laughs>
1: that is a movie man that's a fucking movie warren hit me up man please we need to yeah, get this done do all right bro um first of all is there an intro track to a debut album better than regulate
0: no
1: i'm i'm genuinely asking because i cannot think of one well how many better I songs are there than regulate how many maybe better songs? Maybe hustle is that the first one off reasonable
0: doubt but, but like off rip how many better songs are there than Regulate in
1: hip-hop anyway? <laughs> so, like, now you that have... That too. To, like... That too. But, like, you know, we... we I, I don't know about you, but I value a good intro. And oh, like, I'm sure. just thinking 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 about how that's the first track off his debut album, and it's yeah, obviously the wild. track that we know him for. Like, you know, what I can, th- I can say... I say not uh I can say Can't Not The Hustle. Yeah. You know, I can say... Uh, Maybe. I can't think of any others, but, like... New, know, it
0: was New York State of Mind first track on your
1: Illmatic. No, that's the uh, it's the Genesis. That's the second oh, the track technically. But um, you bad. know, mm. you can take that if you want. But uh, you know, so, so you know, it's it's there. It's up there for sure, and it probably is like the 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 best hip hop intro track that you know we've we've ever heard. Like it's just it's just so quotable. It's classic uh, on its own, and even with that all said, um, what the hell is like. The story itself is so fucking, um, odd. Because <laughs> if you actually, like, listen to what they're saying, it's just like, okay, right? <laughs> yeah. But it just, it just goes off the rails. Yeah, he almost it goes dies off the and rails then they go pathway. and have sex. It's just, like, yeah,
0: it's, yeah. It's just
1: it, it gets so, it's so confusing. Um, there's a set of tweets by a comedian, Roy Wood Jr. I'm going to try and find them, uh, because it's just so funny, but, um, it's so weird. It, it, the story itself behind, just in that song itself is just so, like, doesn't make sense, but it slaps, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I can't so that. Right, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, the album itself, like, I mean, it's been a while since I've listened to it fully, and uh, I listened to it the other day, obviously, in preparation of this, and I was just like, fire, <laughs> bro, like, it's just crazy. It's chill it's such fun. a yeah, literally, literally. I was, oh, sitting, I was, I was just vibe. sitting in the back. I was sitting in the back, throwing my dog, throwing, throwing the ball for my dog, and just blasting that. And that's it vibe. was so calm. It was so chill. Like it's great. It's what G funk is. That's that's the that's the point of G funk. It's like it's it's gangster funk. It's got the gangster elements. You know what they're talking about and that content, but the beats just make me chill the fuck out. This DJ is one of my favorite tracks ever, man. Like, just the, it's 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 that's a quintessential G funk track, and but the whole thing, like, it's is so great, so great. Like, all the features, are decent tier, Ricky Harris Twins, uh, uh, Lady Levy, uh, Lady Levi, uh, Mr Malik, Dave Sh- Dove Shank. Like, it, it's it's all great. It, it's all great. Um, I can't, I can't it's it's one of the best debut hip-hop albums ever like and and regulates one of the greatest intro tracks to a debut album probably ever like i can't really th- i like, literally can't think of another track right now i'm sure there are there are others i'm generally sure there are others but i really can't think of one right now it's such it's it's such a slim picking. it really is slim picking. so yeah man absolute classic absolute classic
0: i mean the only one i would maybe say is uh, many men by 50 cent your oh, no. should die trying but i Good mean shot. again 50s you got to remember 50 cent had mixtapes prior to that this is the first time the collective consciousness really i mean everyone heard Indo smoke of course but this is like his first project his first song that's what he gives us like that's 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 crazy um Dope. i'll give you some stats uh it's it's his only top 10 album amazingly it's three times platinum in the u.s Uh, Warren G was the very first rapper to go platinum producing over 90% of his own album alone with no co-producer. That was really cool statistic because Dr. Dre had co-producers on a couple of songs on The Chronic, and I don't think he produced one of the songs he doesn't have production credit on. But yeah, so that was really amazing. Um, It pulled Def Jam out of a deep hole. They were in debt. They were struggling. This album came out and revived them. Russell, Russell Simmons even said that without Warren G, he said... Russell Simmons said, without Warren G, they may never have been a Hove or a Foxy Brown, because without Regulate, Def Jam would have been over. How fucking crazy is that? How crazy is that? That's Russell Simmons said that. So, I mean... The whole song is, the whole album is a classic. Uh, the storytelling on Regulate is just amazing. I love that song. And you're right, it's such a weird song. It's like, and the thing I loved about it was, um, and it, it's a quality that really endeared Warren G. So the, the way I feel about this album is that he did take G Funk in a different direction. And Dr. Dre did say that about this album. He said, you know, Warren G put his own spin on G Funk, where it was significantly less intense and anxious and aggressive. As doggy style and the chronic which were very big event records this one feels like a chilled fucking sunday afternoon where you can just put it on and you know what i was thinking as i was listening to it again last night i was like i wish we could do warren g again next week because all i want to do all week is listen to warren g i just want (laughs) to listen to him while i'm driving it's so chill and that's the thing like back then gangster rap was the thing Everyone was getting more hard-edged. People were moving away from that 80s simplicity and feel-good music. Warren G just leaned into that and created a great, really great project. Um, So I just think the the whole thing is great. And the thing about Regulate is how many rappers are going to get on Wax, on their very first album, on their very first song, in a genre called gangster funk, and tell a story about themselves getting robbed? That was the... Bro, that was it to me. That that yeah. explained his whole career to me because this man had never never worried about being vulnerable on wax, never worried about being emotional, and that endeared him to me a lot. Because like a lot of the songs about women, whilst they're still pretty fucking terrible a lot of the time with misogyny, but it, it's it's almost like it's nowhere near the level of something like Doggy Style. Like it's like it's a much calmer uh, presence and energy that he has on the mic. And so, yeah, I I mean, this album is, is just, it's an amazing album, man. It's, it's just an amazing album. And if you look at it in the trio of, uh, and then you've got DJ Quick's, uh, his fir- his first albums, or Quick is the name, one of the two. And yeah. uh, those, those four albums are just the pinnacle and the propellant of G-Funk, which still, I mean, you listen to Good, Cab- Good Kid, Mad City, you've listened to G-Funk. So, I mean, it's yeah, still yeah, yeah. absolutely fucking prevalent to this day. And uh, what an album, man! What a fucking album!
1: Yeah, so yeah, you know, it's the it's the it's the, um, it's the Mount Rushmore like, <laughs> of yeah, what yeah. it is. It's just why I love. That's why I love G Funk, man! Like it's just it's it's just it's just amazing. But uh, you know, three years later, come through, take a look over your shoulder, and it kind it kind it kind of switches up a little bit. Like I feel yeah. like this uh, adds much more, uh, many more R and B elements um which i found i found kind of interesting um obviously they have uh you have people like uh obviously nate dogs on here uh ronald Isley or ron Isley, uh and uh other and other people uh, such as um oh nancy fletcher on i shot the sheriff bro i can't what what decent freaking Mm g-fuck version of (laughs) i shot the sheriff is that (laughs) absolutely clean bro absolutely clean but yeah, the whole thing is actually very interesting and uh, and uh, very um uh, very interlude heavy as well, which uh, I think is like a, a a motif that he I guess uh you know really utilised throughout uh, throughout his work and uh, you know I think I think we said it before like um the the the, the interlude and in the skit is uh, a yeah, know, it's, it's it's um. I don't say say it's dead, but it's it's not it's it's not as prevalent as it used to be. It's um, not as good like... as
0: it used to be. Like I, I when I was yeah. listening to these albums, it was just like I wanted to hear the skits. I wanted to hear the interludes because yeah. it's a story. It tells a story. It sets up a, the next song. Nowadays, it's like there's just it doesn't exist
1: as much, you know, and it's just sad. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just not there. But uh, yeah, man, it's um, a. <clears throat> uh, I th- I think uh, you know as as it pertains to. Uh, his 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 discography, I think, like I think, uh, well, I don't know if you agree, but we'll we'll see. But I, I think like it just it doesn't go down, but it it can't it doesn't reach it never reaches the heights of Regulate, obviously, uh, in no. terms of just what that what that was and what it stood for. Um, but regardless of that, like, it, and I'll stick to this particular album. Um, it's 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 still high quality. It's still oh, yeah. high quality. The production is super clean. At all times, no misses on the production side. Um, I personally, like, bef- I, I was uh, while I was listening, I was just like, uh, while I value the fact that he's on production for, you know, obviously most of it, um, the presence uh, were very overshadowed by features a lot in this particular album. And I don't know how to feel about that, to be completely honest with you, but... Uh, even with that said, it's just like it, they they set the tone and they carried the tone, um, which I guess in some ways good. But I feel like you know, in terms of vocal presence, it was just, he he got a bit lost um, into uh, uh, compared to other features. But in one, but you know, that's kind of you know sticking to the storyline of what Warren G is. Like you know, he put people on. You put people on. There are many names on here that I have never heard of. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just is what is. I, so, you know, the fact that you put people on in features and, you know, they're not, you know, the biggest names of all time, apart from maybe Nate Dogg and Ron Isley, um, you know, the others, I know the others. And I kind of, I kind of respect that because they all do. They all pull their weight. So, you know, while I feel some type of way in terms of, you know, the fact that the features kind of outshined him in some sense in terms of presence, the fact that I don't know who they are but they got the job done is, you know, I guess a testament to um, uh, Warren G's uh, musicianship.
0: Mm. I think this album for me is probably the key in understanding why history forgot about him a little bit. Now, Combat Jack asked him what his goal in music was, and he just said he kind of likes to be behind the scenes. He doesn't yeah. really want to step in front of the microphone. He did it in 1994 because he felt like he was getting left behind and he had to do it to, to propel his career, to, to create something. So he waited three years to follow up his debut album. Now think about the landscape when this album drops. Illmatic had come out, Reasonable Doubt, Ready to Die, Me Against the World, Fuji's, Outcast. In 1993, Warren G was at the vanguard of a new genre. Okay, he was pushing hip hop music forward. By 1997, that vanguard had, you know, fractured and pretty much disintegrated. Dr. Dre wouldn't release 2001 for another two years. Snoop had just dropped a pretty mid-tier project with The Dogfather. Um, DJ Quick had kind of fallen off the charts. G Funk was entering a, a more aggressive era with Death Row, uh, Tupac especially. Ice Cube had gone for the boom bap sound. So, theoretically, the stage was set for Warren G to come in and either change the game again or push it in a new direction. But I feel, and this is the the part I said earlier, where Warren G was also instrumental in hurting... Not hurting his own legacy, but not pushing it to the level that Dre and Snoop did. He, I felt like he his ambition had peaked. Like, I, I think that... Um, I think this is probably his weakest album. I think it loses focus pretty quickly and it gets stuck in... I, I'm not saying it's a bad album. I don't think Warren G has a bad album. I just think it loses focus a bit. It gets stuck a little bit. I feel like uh, what we go through could have been the touch point here and taken the album in a much deeper direction. But then there's tracks like Can You Feel It, Young Fun, Transformers. To me, these are just throwaways. And I understand that Warren G was trying to position himself to the left of all the kind of gangster hard edge stuff because the mafioso New York rap was really blowing up at the time. But that's the problem. Like his person, as Charlie said, his personality was lacking. And that surprised me so much, you know, for him to be outshone by his guests and for his voice not, and his voice does progress, okay, his personality gets bigger on records as we progress through his career, but like, he has wild stories, I mean, Charlie just said, you can make a fucking movie off this guy's career, like, this is a man, okay, who tried to broker peace between Biggie and Tupac in person at the height of their beef, okay, he has fucking stories for days. He he said when he went to go perform at the Billboard Awards, he snuck firearms in via his DJ equipment because Shug was going to attack Nate Dogg. So he was like, "Fuck this. If Shug's going to attack Nate Dogg, I'm going to bring weapons into this awards ceremony, and it's going to pop off in the fucking ceremony." Now, why I know that it's not his way. Okay, I know it's I am like, "Why not tell it? Why not speak on it? I know that's not his way. I know that's the kind of music he doesn't make. So I I think he's complicit in in the fact that history forgets about him a little bit. I think this album is key in understanding why. Because I think from here it's pretty clear Warren G's just going to make whatever kind of music he wants to make. And I respect that a lot. It saddens me because I really do want him to be remembered as a fucking legend. But I think if you, you know, and and again, not a bad album at all. But it just kind of blended into the scene it didn't really set itself apart that's just how i felt about this particular album
1: yeah and it's uh and it's kind of and it goes more into that blending um with the next one like mm. uh, <laughs> i want it all it's just like yeah you know, it takes that um it takes those R&B elements i mentioned and makes it a nearly 50 50 i guess like um, you know, you've got, uh, Having Things, which make you pre-Nate Dog, that's very R&B, G-Spot without the Barge, that's very G-Funk, um, that's very R&B, uh, but, yeah, no, I feel like it's, um, I feel like it's the same story uh, with this particular album, um, as it pertains to the last one, next to the last one, um, but just with more notable names, so, you know, Corrupt, Nate Dog, RBX on one track, Dog Pound, Crucial Conflict, Corrupt Again, MAC-10, Jermaine Dupri aforementioned, Snoop's here, uh, Eldabarge aforementioned. We got that with Eve, Dragon, and uh, and Shadow, which is basically, basically, fundamentally, a Rough Riders posse cut. <laughs> Eve slays <laughs> like, that it shit. It sounds so Rough Riders. Uh, Eve kills it. Like Eve, Eve just fucking dragons that shit. Like, no pun intended. She just bre- she breathes fire. And dragons um, it. Fuck <laughs> is- you got bars, bro. <laughs> Fuck it <your mouth. laughs> Um And you know, uh, there, there is a two one three um, uh, performed by two one three here, which is um, you know, uh, uh, I guess a bit of a um, what's the word uh, uh, for, for foresight? There's a there's a word for that, but I forget the word. Um, and yeah, it's. I I don't know. I like it. And like and like you said, there are no he doesn't have a bad album in his discography that I've listened to. Um, I missed a couple out uh, in the early two thousands, but um, in the late two thousands. But um yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just it is what it <laughs> d I don't know I d I don't know how to I don't know really how to word it differently from what we've already said as it pertains to, you know, this album and the previous one. Like I feel like the tracks where he's just on his own um, just fade into the shadows for me. And that's uh, literally two tracks. I think it's Don't Be and My Mama. Like, the rest of them just kill. Mm. The rest of them are just so much better. Um, I, don't, I don't know what we can say about that, apart from, from, from apart from what we've already said. It's just like, you know, he's a chill dude. I get that. I'm a chill dude. I, I completely understand where he's coming from. You know what I mean? I get it. Like, if you have Snoop Dogg, <laughs> on a track, I'm going to take a step back, that's just me, I'm just going to let him spit some bars, you know what I mean, it's just it's Snoop Dogg, what, what else are you going to do? Um, Eve's coming through? Yeah, yeah, let me just take a step back right quick. <laughs> come through, Eve. come on, doop, doop, doop. come through, do your things. I I get it, Uh, but you know, at least, uh, I guess, you know, he has a name on the project, you know what I mean, and he produces it, so again, I respect the musicianship, um, but I feel like there is something to that that just he just lets the features just <sighs> dare, I dare I say it dare I say it dare I say there's some DJ Khaled isms here. No, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Wait, I'm joking. whoa, shit, I'm bro. I'm joking. I'm
0: joking. This is
1: derailing <laughs> this shit with another fucking I'm hot take. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, all right, all right. That was supremely tongue in cheek. That That's slander. That's I know, that was a of chick. that's a fleeting tongue and cheek. That's tongue cheek. Calm down. Right. <laughs> I was a big <laughs> I had you. I, had you. This <laughs> <Jeez. all good. laughs>
0: I was just chilling and then looking at the sun out the
1: window. I, knew, I then... heard you scrolling. I was like, all right, let me get him, let me give off the <laughs> <laughs> I was like, stop scrolling, uh, listen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, apart from that extremely target chick joke. Um yeah, I I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it for what it is. I just feel like I just I just forget it's a RNG project sometimes, you know what I mean?
0: I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um I'm gonna do the next two because I wanna make a point here. I think I think this album is he needed a mix of this in his debut album. Like it, if you're gonna get corrupt, RBX, Daz, Mac 10, JD, Nate Dogg, Snoop, Eve, Dragon, Slick Rick, Memphis, Bleak, like that's Avengers Assemble in whenever the i think this was oh was this oh one oh one or um 99 99. i think 99 you dropped this in 97 that's a different ball game but in 99 you know dj clue was dropping the tapes like it it was already being done like this isn't new and i think what miss was missing on this album were the hooks and his unique take on g-funk that he really showcased on his prior two albums production wise I just think like having things you never know. They're just soft rap songs. G spot is a lame title for a lame song. Um, Come on, man! Like, how old are you at this point? You don't need to make a song about the G spot. Like, (laughs) that's lame. Um, There was, you know, I I felt the same as you. I feel the only tracks where Warren G actually shine through would maybe Dope Beat, but uh, again, if you blended this with the debut album it could have blown the game up in 97 but then we get return of the regulator and i think this is the album that if he dropped that in 97 i think that this would have been fucking this would have been it for warren g he would have blown the fuck up like he would have propelled to another level because i feel like this was a huge step up in quality i think the energy and the insistent flow of each track is great i think this is an innovative album I always talk about on this podcast about the movement and insistent quality of Michigan artists right now, you know, like T. Grizzly, Sada Baby, etc., etc. They've really yep. got this, this, I don't know how to describe it. Meek, Meek does it a little bit too, where it's just fucking, it's like they're running on a treadmill while they're rapping. They, they, the, they, their lyrics are running. It's just always in movement. And I felt this on this album, which is a different, direction for g funk to take because it's very laid back it's very chilled low bpm but warren g on this uh i just like it a lot man it has every warren g era on this album uh speed dreaming was like real mid 90s um mm. ain't nothing wrong with you could have been on the first album easily here comes another hit is contemporary warren g which became the touch point for the next 10 years of his career. I I think that his his personality really comes through again on this album, and the thing that I was missing on the last two albums were the hooks and like the simplicity and the the gift for melody, and I think it came back on Return of the Regulator. I just think I think Warren G's laid back disposition robbed him of his moment. Okay, I think Warren G. I mean he isn't Kendrick. He doesn't need to go away for three years, live a bunch of life. Come back and philosophize about the state of human existence. He makes feel good music. Yeah, I mean, he, he makes feel good music based off vibe and energy. Okay. So, if you had this timeline, so, so what I'm trying to say is he doesn't need, he does need to develop as an artist. So, we needed the prior albums to get to Return of the Regulator. But if you had this timeline, if you had 94 his debut, 95 sophomore, 96 I Want It All, 97 Return of the Regulator, bang, bang, man then you got a fucking legacy that you're going to start to build because the next 10 years of his his career, he can work off that. And I just think, I don't think there's any reason why he couldn't have locked in and done that. You know, drop that product constantly. Don't act as if people weren't doing it. Tupac released two albums in a year. Uh, Jay-Z dropped an album every year from 96 to, what, 03. Like, people were doing it. Nas dropped, it was written straight after Illmatic. So... And and he dropped two albums in 99, I think. It was Nostradamus and the one prior to that. Um, So people could do it, man. But I just think, again, I think it was him. I think Suge fucked him at death row. Uh, I think Dr. Dre just did not give him the credit he deserved. And then I think Warren G achieved his peak. And then it was just like, okay, I'm pretty chill now. Let me just, you know. So for me, personally, I get disappointed but. I don't know that Warren G cares that much, but I really feel like the return of the regulator could have been, if dropped in 97, and, it, and and it's possible he could have done that. It's not out of control. It could have been amazing man, but, yeah. I mean, that's it is what it is.
1: I think uh, another wrinkle to this, I guess, uh, to the themes we're producing here for this particular episode is one of um, just one step behind at all times like it's it's it, true he he had it's true. He, he it's it's clear that he had you know the vision set right early on and as i was saying this I i pretty much agree with what you're saying like um there is a there is a great um there's a great return to the root, so to speak um, but you know even with that said it sold less than the previous two so yeah. Yeah. you know what what does that what does that say i don't know but yeah i feel like it's just um It's always just a little bit behind. Like, if it was a couple of years earlier of dropping all of this stuff, it'll be, like, the the conversation, excuse me, would be much different. Much more different. And just jumping right into the the 213 album, like, just quickly, like, obviously that dropped in 2003. Bro, drop that in 2000? (laughs) Game changer. Much different. Much different story. Like, just a few years before... It'd be a much different story. Yeah, um, so true. I, 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 and that's kind of like the whole. That's that's kind of like the whole thing that I come away from all this. So You know, we've come up to an hour. I don't want the if if you don't want to end it, you know, prematurely. If you have other f- uh, thoughts on the other works, if you can, if you want to go for it, go for it after. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just it's just a little bit. You know, like you said, with the story, it, it, it's a little bit sad um, on that front. Um, but you know, you know, I'm sure he ain't missing m- no meals. I'm sure he's good in life. You know, what I mean, but in terms of just like a legacy, there's a lot missed, and I am one for legacy. I, I, I like people Same. to yep. get their credit and their flowers, yep. and to get their yeah to get their flowers to get their props. And you know, like I said at the start, I hope we, you know, achieve that in some way, and hope we give you guys in some. Fashion of just like trying to help you understand, like, how fucking important and Warren G could have been, yeah. um, and actually is in general. But we just don't, just, people don't care because Dre, because Snoop, because Nate Dog for fuck's sake, like, yeah. everyone else around him has this deified mysticism yeah. about it, Fuck, yeah. <laughs> and then there's just Warren G. Um, I think, uh, I think I saw like a term, uh, every man, uh, put to him, and I was like fuck that's, that's real <laughs> he's just an everyman yeah. and it's so disappointing because it's just like he's not he's an absolute literal g in so many ways yeah like he's a pioneer in some senses and it's just i don't know man you know and on the on the slide note to the three album like uh i i feel like it was just too late it really mm-hmm. was it was like uh what was it? it was like a it was like the Floyd Mayweather Pacquiao fight. It was just, it was just years too late. It was, mm. No, I don't, I didn't care anymore. I, I'd, And obviously I wasn't, you know, on my seat in 2003 when I was, what, held was I, I? think like seven. I wasn't waiting for the two on three album. Uh, is it two on three? Yeah, it's two on three album. 2-1-3, I wasn't yeah. waiting for it now, but like in terms of just listening back to it, um, uh, literally today, actually, I was just like, man, it could have been bigger. It really could have been. I feel like that's just the whole theme as it pertains to this. It Orange you just could have been bigger. And uh, you know, we've done something here, I hope, but it won't do it justice. It really won't.
0: I think it's very ironic that last week we came in here and spoke about Eric B and his legacy and maybe how he was left out of conversations, and we were kind of a bit like, meh. You know, we were just like <laughs> you, you know what I'm trying to say here?
1: <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> like we're fucking hurting right now. Because it's, because, warranty- it's because it's because Eric B does it for himself, and we don't need to. Like Very Eric true. B can talk for himself, and he has talked for himself. You know, um, you know Eric B has, has 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 done that in Spades, and you know, if you want to listen, you can listen, and we have. And I feel like you know, in that fashion, um, we take it for what it is. It's Eric B and Ra Kim, you know, and that will, it will always be that first. Right, it'll always be that first. It'll be Erriybin Ra Kim, then it'll be Rakim. right? That's always what it'll be. But for Warren, it's just different because he doesn't, you know, uh, he he doesn't sweat it. And if he sweat it, if he sweated it more, maybe we'd be, you know, wording it a bit differently. But the fact that he doesn't and he just he's just enjoying his life what it is, and you know, good on him for that. I just uh, and you know, like I said at the start, you know, I have a deep affection for G funk for some reason, as just a, as a sound, and knowing that he, you know, helped pioneer it, and um, and has kind of just been literally just <laughs> hidden under the shadows of giants. Mm. It's just a bit, uh, I don't know. It's just a bit sobering, I guess.
0: It's frustrating to me because, like, this is yeah. I mean. As you said it very well with uh, Dre and Snoop being deities and with the mysticism around them, of course, unless you're going to cultivate a giant personality, then you are going to get lost in the mix because there's always going to be people who are going to come in. And even if it wasn't Dr. Dre, and we know it wasn't Snoop because Snoop always wanted Warren G around him. He even said, he told Suge that Warren G has to be in in every doggy style studio session, regardless of how Suge feels about him. There's a story where Snoop said that when he signed to death row, he asked if uh, Warren G and Neat Dog were also signing and Suge said that the papers were drawn up. They just hadn't signed yet. Of course, they were going to sign. Snoop signed and then Suge didn't sign Warren G and Neat, And Snoop lost his shit. He was so angry and so upset, but he had no choice. he just signed a contract. So, you know, that's the business side of it and that's why Warren G got fucked out of it. And I think you're right. I think... Listening to his interviews, I do get the impression that he is upset with what happened back then, but I don't get the impression that he's upset with what happened after that. I feel like that period 90 to 93 really does still cause him pain because he was hurt, and loyalty is clearly essential to Warren G. Like it's a very integral part. You know, you listen to his lyrics, you listen to his interviews. And he's just a loyal dude. And, and the, the kind of loyalty where you don't expect something in return. So even though he was upset that Dr. Dre wasn't fucking with him or giving him opportunities, it was more that he felt he deserved them as an artist rather than I've done all this work for you, now you have to put me on. It was like, I'm as good as you guys. Like, I'm, I'm great. I, I'm really good. I deserve... And, and if you just give me an opportunity... I can prove that. That's the impression I got from him. It wasn't like, I deserve this because I helped you. And I mean, the way that he selflessly helped Snoop, even when, you know, there's a great shot. Um, I forget what award it was, but this was when, after Doggystyle had come out. So this was after all the mess with Death Row. And he I don't think he'd even signed to Death Jam yet. He was apparently at this stage living on his sister's floor. And there's just an award show where Snoop Dogg's up there and Warren G's next to him. And the woman's like gushing over doggy style and Snoop Dogg's success, and and Warren G's just there next to his friend, just supporting him. Like that's real shit, man. That's real. That's a really good dude, and I think that's why we're getting upset because, and <laughs> I, as I said, <laughs> because, because we want the good dudes to win. Like we want them to win. So I I don't really think that Warren G. Just my impression. I I can't speak to his his mental state, but. I just I don't think he's that concerned about what happened after 1994. I think he recognizes what happened, and he was like, "I got to go do this for myself and create this album." He did it, broke records, created a fucking classic, created a dynasty of G funk, and just was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna do whatever I want after that." And you got to respect that, man. Got to respect that. So, yeah, Warren G, like, man, I want you guys to leave this episode and be like, "This guy's a legend." This guy's a fucking legend, but I can't give you all of my experience. Go listen to his interviews, man. Go listen to Combat Jack Show interview. It's a may, Watch the documentary, the G Funk documentary. That is a great documentary. I know we didn't talk about his last two albums. Um, The Midnight Hour was actually my favorite Warren G project. I fucking love that album. Oh, well, but um, okay. Just because I love those mid two thousands beats, like I. I just thought that was a great pro. I really fucking love that project. Um, okay. I won't get too deeply into it, but yeah, f- shout out to Warren G. And uh, please, if you don't know what we're talking about, I hope that we've informed you a little bit. And if not, go fucking research this man. He's a legend, and he deserves his place in hip hop history.
1: <sighs> a story of literally give, getting given lemons and making it into lemonade. Fuck yeah, uh, he made it. In, he made it into a career, and you know that's a that's. All the solutions. It's a the heavy, world. heavy shout solutions. out. There are a lot of
0: people in history who didn't solutions. do that, man. There's, yeah. We don't know them. We don't know Easily could have faulted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. easily we could have We don't folded. know who they are. We don't know who these people are because they never did Facts. anything. Warren G yep. fucking did it. And it's not in his nature. Think about that. It's just, it wasn't his. He just is like, I got to do this. I got to boss up. So he did mm-hmm. it. And he's fucking, we'd have doing a whole episode about it where I'm a mess in tears because I'm like, I love this guy. So <laughs> fuck yeah. Love you, Warren G. Good man.
1: Good man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out to Warren G. know right. challenge for this week. Um, I think I think you could do it. Um, so obviously we have been talking about G Funk, and I I've talked about a couple of times my affection for G Funk. It is in my top five of uh su- of music subgenres. Mm. Um, so for those that don't know, obviously per genre music is you know rock, hip hop, jazz soul music r&b etc but there's also the sub like g-funk like <laughs> like hard bop jazz uh, uh psychedelic rock right uh uh what's, what's the one? <laughs> i was trying to think of a funny one but i totally forgot what it's called <laughs> new metal that's it <laughs> uh Shout
0: to Are you laughing you're laughing at my history, man? You know that I was fucking new Metal up
1: in the early two thousands. I was oh, just like We all were bro. We all had our moments. We all, damn, had, our we, we all had our we all had our enjoyment of uh the uh the Adian Adi and Farm Snoop smooth, smooth Criminal and Limp Bizkit oh, that's It's cr- all good bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. We all had our moments. Um so I wanted to ask, uh what are your top five sub genres? In hip hop or just in general? In general. Music. In general,
0: fuck. Um, you go first, and I'll have a little bit of a think because I don't think any of mine
1: are going to be hip hop. But yeah. Oh really? Okay. Um. So, I would go. Well, obviously, G Funk's one. of them. Um, I I mentioned in psychedelic rock, and I think that's one. One of my favourites. Um, I just I just love the vibe of that. Just us just, just do some drugs and play some guitar. That's what's up. Um, yeah. Uh jazz jazz hop for sure, of course. Uh, that's a that's a standard procedure on that front. Uh, there are jazz, so is many. A, jazz
0: is a very uh yeah lucrative genre, subgenre genre. There's a lot of lot, lot going on in jazz. There's a lot going yeah. on in jazz. People yeah. have taken in a lot of different
1: directions. Um I'll probably say uh, out of all of them, probably hard bop. Um, uh, you know it has rhythm and blues gospel um, elements into it um, saxophone pianos all uh, heavy I, I i love that kind of stuff obviously so that's probably one of them uh so what's that that's four i've given um, mm. oh um i feel like there's an r&b somewhere there that i really like but i can't can't quite um break it down Motown It's very Or Neo Soul Ah
0: Shit Shit Oh oh, oh, I'm hamstrung
1: Oh no I've got six And I can only have five (sighs) Motown is so essential man Mate if this was a If this wasn't a hip hop podcast Episode one would be Motown You know that right Um That's how important Motown is to me And to the world To be completely honest (sighs) Neo Soul's my shit right now Ah I'm pulling my hair out. Oh no. Alright, I'm gonna remove psychedelic rock and I'm gonna throw in Motown and Neo Soul in there. There you go. I'll I'll do that. Wow. I can, I can ditch I can dig psychedelic rock. Okay. <sighs> fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That was uh that was stressful for you. You've gotten through it. Bro, I was literally pulling my hair. Like I was literally pulling it. <laughs> I was literally pulling it. None came out, but I was literally pulling like, <laughs> <laughs> what's with your hair? Have
0: you grown it out? I was looking at old photos of you on Facebook the other day. Cause I've been, I've been not sleeping guys. I've been like getting an hour of sleep a How night. How deep so did you go? <laughs> I, I went way back, bro. I was like, what does Charlie look like when in, in yeah, the Afro, it was, it was, Shit. it was great. So I don't, I'm wondering what uh, state your hair is in now. If it's, it's Afro level. It's back to that. Like the I'm recent,
1: Pete. Uh, my recent IG is uh is pretty much there. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, it's not. As, it's not. As, it's probably larger now because I've I'm starting to comb it. But um, yeah, man. It's it's just it's just a it's just a general Af- uh, mini afro going on. You know, very curly. Um, I'm mad at is that. what it is. Like uh, yeah. um yeah. i I might I might keep it until I uh, I like to. I had this thing when I was in uni, like first year. That was like the last time I had my hair just like fully just let it go and I didn't even comb it that time it just looked mad grizzly. uh I did not ha- I did not like myself at that point <laughs> in terms of my hair but um yeah I did I did that for I didn't I I said I wouldn't cut it until I finished first semester of university and I was just like and I obviously did and i got a trim um but I feel like I want to I'm going to do that again in terms of just trying to do stuff I want to give myself some goals and I'm be like I'm not gonna shave my hair I'm not gonna give myself a shave until uh until i do something mm. i haven't decided what yet but uh we'll see on that front so uh yeah i am not giving you hair chronicles on here okay i'm not i'm not gonna update you weekly <laughs> no that's all right we don't want to get
0: into the hair thing because then we got to get into my hair thing and it's just a mess <laughs> fucking no, i don't want to get into that um In your hair journey yes. oh dear um so IDM is definitely my favorite subgenre. IDM is intelligent dance music. Fuck,
1: I don't uh, even get to dance music. Fuck, drum and bass. Man, man, no, drum oh,
0: and no. bass. Fuck. So I've missed IDM, a lot. IDM is like, um, Aphex oh, Twin, Boards of Canada, fucking Orbital, all those. Like, just I. What was listen the I in IDM? It? Intelligent.
1: It's, so
0: intelligent. it's okay. yeah, it's one of those douchebaggery terms where like <laughs> people like. They regard it as cerebral or better suited to listening at home rather than at a rave. Oh, so like you're better because, file, yeah. yeah, yeah, You're better because you're not on fucking ecstasy when you're listening to it. So the music <laughs> actually has to be good. It can't just be fucking DJ Tiësto up there doing like four to the floor and you're like, this is amazing. So um, yeah, I, IDM definitely. Uh, I would consider ambient as a spin off of electronic music. So that would be my number two. I listen to ambient, yeah, for sure just constantly just constantly yeah. Brian Eno created the term back in the 70s and I don't stop listening to ambient uh synth pop is going to be in there because okay. I just fucking adore it like I it, it's so uh confessions on a dance floor by Madonna is like one of the, it's one of my top 10 albums ever. If you listen to that album, it's just oh. fucking ballistic. Like it is okay. an onslaught. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sonic onslaught. Um, My then I to have to go pic. really,
1: is he a Madonna yeah, he's, fan? He's, he's into, he's a, he's a Madonna fan. I don't know why, but yeah, he's, a, he's on that. Wow. He's on that tip. Okay.
0: Well, let him, know. Let him know. Yeah. Shout <laughs> out to Madonna too.
1: Um, I think that's three.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with post rock at number four post-rock is a genre that I got into around oh seven and it's just like a way more meditative slower uh version of just rock and uh, you know less lyrics it's just um I'm into like I'm into instrumental music a lot so Mm. I think post-rock really gets into that the fifth one I don't know man I don't know where I'm gonna go with the fifth one that's a tough one um I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, I, I kind of want to say trap, because well. I know, I know, and I've listened to many subgenres in many different genres in my life. Um, I've gone down all the rabbit holes. Psychedelic rock was massive for me back in the day. Lo-fi in regards to rock, shoegaze was huge for me. Dream pop, oh man, that's got to come close as well. Uh, but I just think trap has been so prevalent in my life for the last 10 years, ever since 808s. I just don't think I can escape trap and I don't think I want to, I think, you know, it plays in the background a lot, uh, in the car, just fucking slaps. It's given me a lot of, um, a lot of escapism, a lot of times where I've not Mm. been feeling too well within myself and I've just put it on. And I don't have to feel. I can just vibe. I can just, like, this is knocking, like, crazy right now. And uh, I think that's probably where trap has gotten me, you know? I So I would probably put that at, at number five. Yeah, shout out to trap music. Amazing. I didn't think I would put it in there, but there it is.
1: I've missed, a so many. That like, was a tough, so many, like, that was a base, tough one, bro. I've, I've, uh, there's this, um, so there's many, this website like, called uh, house.
0: Music com. And it's got like fucking four hundred subgenres in on here. I'm just scrolling through Roots, them. I'm like. Reggae, okay.
1: Fuck. Yeah, you, oh, man. Um, you you, did I a 10. you didn't
0: think you
1: didn't prep. I mean, yeah, I didn't I didn't prep and you know, it's just is what it is. And I am fine with my I'm fine with my five. Like they you know, no, it's, a good, more, it's a good it's a good five. But I just I just I wanna put drones there's music so in many. There. there are so many I rate. Like, like just I didn't even get into any reggae. Uh, subgenres like roots reggae, I love roots reggae. Uh, I love uh, fucking uh, like. Just, I, I don't know if garage is a subgenre of house. I forgot the timeline, but like uh, yeah, garage like jungle. Ah oh, man, there's so many. There's so many. They, they, they most of them wouldn't make line. my top five, but I just wish I well I've said them now as honorable mentions, I guess. But yeah, bro, there are so many. There are so many that influence like. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we think about that on, often, honestly. Like, how much, like, for pe- for people like us, especially, like, how much, like, we've branched out in terms of just like types of just just uh, like offshoots of what we love. Like, we can always talk about hip hop, right? But it's just there's so many small eras and and sounds here and there that just hit different. And I don't think we like mention that enough in terms of what we love um so i'm glad I'm glad I picked that out of uh out of complete um out of the ether uh literally a couple of days ago but uh yeah well, I man, there's so many I think so I many. think
0: that's a sign of a healthy genre
1: like I because really, because it'cause you're yeah, right yeah, like yeah, that's yeah.
0: yeah that's the direction i go down when i'm discovering. so if i get into jet like i've already discovered the genres over my last 16 years of listening, but i would go down these subgenre, you know, pathways and be like wow, this is fucking wild and there's millions i haven't discovered, of course. there's just so yeah, many. but like uh, a great example is rock. nothing is coming out of rock right now. the last truly Different artist, I feel, was Swans. And, and they dropped like what, 2012, 2010, where they were doing like doom, post rock, like meditative, like nine minute songs. But rock is a genre that is just really struggling and it's not energized at the moment because there are no new subgenres coming out of it. Hip hop is so crazy right now that it has a whole fucking subgenre that has subgenres off the subgenre. Like trap <laughs> is wild. And then you've That's got so all these nice. different. Levels of trap, like That's that so is, nice. that is the most uh healthy, energized genre in music right now because the innovation is just continuing to explode. And now it's not even people are just like striking out and doing it one project. It's like there's ten projects in each tiny little subgenre, and they're all ma- doing numbers. And then there's another side. Su- so I think subgenres, and you know, we've spoken about genre classification and how. Artists aren't massive fans of it because they don't like to be pigeonholed, and I can totally understand that. But as listeners, it's really important for us. Like, we love that shit because it means, oh, I like this. Let me go discover other artists that sound like this. And um, I understand that there's a bit of, like, friction between listeners and artists in that sense, but I can't be mad ever at genre classifications because it's taught me so much, you know?
1: There's an identity thing to that as well. Like when you find a subgenre that you just absolutely enjoy, you want to know everything about it. Uh, you know, and uh, it, it is what it is. And you know, shout to the Grammys. <laughs> oh dear. Urban well, didn't they gone. Take, <laughs>
0: Didn't they take a step in the right direction? <laughs> Progressive. have they changed? Haven't they changed their ways? The fucking Grammys, bro! Shut what the, the fuck, fuck up, Grammys! What the oh. fuck does
1: progressive R and B even mean? They're fucked.
0: They're fucked. They have no idea what they're doing. They're just Absolutely fucking
1: idiots. Tragic.
0: They don't know what music is. It's like they. I don't. Do they listen to who music? Fo- Where,
1: who? Who is in that focus group? Guys, come on. They're all Kenny oh.
0: Chesney fans. Like, fucking hell, bro. Get some goddamn diversity in there for fuck's Progressive sake.
1: Progressive R&B. Fuck
0: They're like, oh, me, Tyler man. said we shouldn't use Urban anymore, so we'll get rid of Urban. What are we going to replace it with? I don't know. Progressive? <sighs> what? Oh, that's such <laughs> a just, that's such they a they dog whistle. Boat.
1: Unbelievable. They missed the That boat. is a dog whistle if I've ever seen one. My ears are straining right now. And on that absolutely missed cre- the point.
0: note. Cre- oh, they completely <laughs> missed the point of that whole... Oh, dear. Wow.
1: <laughs> and on that absolutely crease note, fuck the Grammys. This has been another Always. episode. Forever. <laughs> I'm taking Forever. it. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> i Charlie Taylor, the fifth element.
0: Yeah, I've been Ben Carter of hip-hop numbers.
1: Big L next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have a good week, ladies Have a good week. We should always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies nice and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music and show shows, pizza and video games by bonus points. Thanks to draw records for the ability to use socials for the fulfillment, element hip-hop by numbers bonus points and show up records will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening this has been a fifth element podcast network and hip-hop by numbers collaboration thanks for spending time with us much we shall see you next time we'll digging in the digits